0: Welcome, Abby. Morning, everyone. Lovely to be here. Lovely to have this opportunity just to share together. I don't know if that slide's able to come up on the screen that's on my laptop or not. Brilliant. Before we just dive into thinking about uh, the eagle as this picture of the father, I thought you might like to hear the prayer that the young people wrote this morning um, when we were thinking about the dove of the Holy Spirit um, and each of them in in twos they wrote a sentence of this prayer and then we put it together. So would you like to hear it? Okay, you might be quite challenged by it. I'm just warning you. Okay, this is what your young people are praying. Dear Lord, please make the Spirit available and visible for all people that are willing to accept him. Let stubborn ways and unhelpful traditions be dissolved so that people can receive the Spirit. Lord Jesus, help our younger generation to be filled with the Holy Dove. Help the church to be centred on your Holy Spirit. Help the church experience your presence in a new way. Make yourself present in the lives of all of us. Set us on fire. Amen. (laughs) think I'll be taking a photo of that and uh, letting you have a copy of that. Um, Yeah, enough said. So we're going to think a little bit about the eagle uh, as a picture of the father. Um, There's a few places in the Old Testament we're going to turn to. I'm going to read a few verses from Exodus 19. And, um, and then I'm gonna look at Isaiah 40. So we'll look at both of those places and then we're gonna end in the New Testament. Don't worry, it won't take forever. Um, but I, we're gonna think about this picture together. So let me just read these verses. Exodus 19, I'll read verse four to six. Um, you might remember or you might not, but what has just happened is this incredible deliverance of God's people out of slavery in the land of Egypt. And they've come through, I've seen incredible miracles into the promised land. And uh, this, is, um, this, this is where these verses are from. And a few verses I'm going to read um, in a minute or two from Deuteronomy as well. And so that is the picture um, of what has, that is the incredible picture of what God has done. And this is, uh, these are the verses I want to just draw to our attention. Verse 4 of chapter 19. You yourself have seen what I did to the Egyptians And how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So here we have a picture of God himself using the picture of an eagle to describe himself. At his activity. So you can't get more of a stamp of approval of this kind of idea of looking at these birds um, uh because we have such, such clear indication in scripture for the hen, the dove, and here, the eagle. And so the activity of how God acted in delivering the people, in saving the people, he says it's like an eagle that came down and brought that rescue. And not only that, he says, I bore the people up. I took them up on my wings and I brought them to myself so we have a picture here of god's activity not just being oh i'm rescuing you and then just abandoning you over there or i'm rescuing you and then just leaving you over here this is a rescue that brings people back to himself that is what is really in the heart of god and when we start to explore what it means that our god is our father These are the pictures that we need to start. I say, Lord, let these grow in my experience, in my understanding. This is what it means that God is Father. This is what true fathering looks like. It's saying, I don't just want to just be here to get you out of a sticky situation. I want to bring you to myself. I want relationship with my children. That is what's in the father heart. And I realize as we talk about father in any context in society today, it can stir up all kinds of thoughts and feelings and emotions from us because there is such a contesting of what true fathering is and what true parenting is in the world. And some of us may have experienced terrible experiences of what that is and should never have been and in no way reflects um, the heart of God. But I pray that there'll be enough grace here today that we can relax and just let God speak to us about who he is. Because I want to assure you whatever your experience is, God can bring it into some kind of order and perspective that you don't have to live the whole of your life not knowing that there is a Father in heaven who is pure love, who is perfect love in every way and you can know him and experience him no matter what your experience on this earth has been of parenting. And I don't say that lightly, but I pray that I know that there is the grace of God here to allow the Lord to speak to us about that. So we have a picture of a God who is rescuing and delivering like a parent with their children and bringing about relationship with him. It's also a picture of our heavenly father who can move, who can actually do something and who can act on behalf of the many and the few. And we're going to think about that in a little while. We've got a picture of an eagle, if you like, with their young being carried on their wings. It's an image of power and might but it's not a distant image. It's not an image of a kind of powerful God up there. Oh, he's so mighty, oh, he's so powerful like an eagle. Well, yes. But look, here he is, and on his wings, he's carrying the young. He's carrying those that need a rescue. So it's very intimate and very personal, both at the same time. And so often, that is the picture we get of our Heavenly Father throughout the Scripture. Incredibly powerful, almost like I often think like a dynamic, powerful horse or a lion. Incredibly powerful, but it's, it's power with a purpose, It's not just rampant power that just throws its weight around at any moment. No, that power is used for a purpose. And that purpose is rescue. That purpose is humanity. That purpose is people like you and me in this fallen, demonic world that tries to ruin and destroy people's life. Here we have a God of power who uses that power for a purpose because he's committed to us. He's committed to his world and to what he has made. And... You know, there's also this picture, really, of the eagle, which is a picture of hiddenness, but it's not inactive. And we know that of our father, don't we? That Jesus would go away in private and have time with his father. And then he would be transformed by that experience and would come into the world and say, actually, no, I'm from this time with my father, I'm not going to go back where the crowds are. Let's go on to the next place. That ability to come and have time with our hidden heavenly father. You know, I was just saying to the young people, it came to my mind that one of my descriptions I love of the Trinity is one that Irenaeus, an early church father, he had, where he says that um, the two hands of God, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, are the two hands of God into the world. And so if you think about our heavenly father, there's two hands into the world are Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So there's this hiddenness, but it's not hidden. We are brought into relationship with him and he's revealing himself through the activity of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So let's just think for a few minutes about this eagle and first of all I want to draw our attention to the movement of this eagle and the ability of the eagle to act. You know, the eagle is not a domestic bird. I don't know any of you, if you know anyone, who owns an eagle. No, I mean, I think even in... You do know somebody, so it does happen, um, but rare. Let's let's accept maybe it's rare, particularly where I live. Nobody ever says, yes, I know somebody who owns an eagle. London, no, that doesn't happen. Uh, but, yeah, it's very rare for somebody to own an eagle. However, a hen, not so rare, a, a domestic bird. You know, a dove a little bit rare but not so rare but an eagle is a wild bird it's not domestic it's not to be tamed it's a bird that can act and can move and has a freedom about it in the hei- in the heights and if we think about our heavenly father he has an ability to move and act which is not restrained by this world i think that is an incredible thought to meditate on and consider in the character of our father Obviously, Jesus operated on the earth for those 33 years, and he moved incredibly freely. But there was a restriction in one place at one time. But here we have the eagle in the heavens, this picture of our Father who can move, who can act, who is not restrained by the earthly dynamics. That's why so often don't we want to pray, oh, Lord, take us up into the heavenlies. What we're praying often is, Lord, I feel so trapped by all the earthly weights, the earthly pressures. My prayer life is just kind of a list of things that are immediate oh lord there must be more what we're saying is lord take us up into the heavenlies give us that eagle view we want to have more freedom we want to see in the way that you see and the eagle uh, is seen in this way he has purpose and he sees and he's moving in the heavenlies in deuteronomy 32 at the end of moses life As he's reflecting back on all that has happened, there's this song in uh, Deuteronomy. And let me just read a few verses. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the howling wasteland of a wilderness. He encircled him, he cared for him, he guarded him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, he spread his wings. He caught them and carried them on his pinions. The Lord alone guided him. There was no foreign God with him. The Lord found him. The Lord encircled him. The Lord guarded him. This is all this beautiful image we have of the eagle and of our heavenly father. And so we might say to ourselves, actually, it's so important that we learn to look to him, that we actually learn to look up in our lives and to look to our Heavenly Father. If this is who he is, if this is how he operates, and if we look at the earth and think we're in desperate need of rescue, we're in desperate need of our Father, then we've got to learn to look to him. And Jesus was constantly encouraging us to do that, to look to our Heavenly Father, to have confidence in him, to trust him. Let me just read a couple of verses from John 16, verse 23. On that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have not asked for nothing in, You have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be made full. Jesus is saying, you know, you can have a lot more. There's a lot more to access. Talk to my Father about it. The source of life. Talk to the one who is not restrained by the earthly systems, by the things that happen to us on the earth, who is able to move and to act. Look to him. Look to your heavenly father. He can move. He can act. Maybe there's somebody who needs to hear that today, particularly for your situation, that actually the encouragement is to trust him, look to him. He can move. He can act. The second thing I want us to look at, and just from Isaiah 40, Just look at a few verses there together about the eagle. Maybe I'll just read it first of all, and then just want to make some points, because I think there's so much revelation here about our Heavenly Father. So I'm just going to read verse 21 to 31 um, of Isaiah 40. We'll get some very famous verses at the end there. You'll be familiar to some of you. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to live in. It is he who reduces rulers to nothing, who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted, scarcely have they been sown, scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth. But he merely blows on them and they wither and the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom then will you compare me? That I would be his equal, says the Holy One. Raise your eyes on high and see who has created these stars, the one who brings out their multitude by number, who calls them all by name. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, Jacob, and you assert Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives strength to the weary, and to the one who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. The picture we have here of the eagle is a picture of movement and strength, and particularly that this um, activity is not sluggish or limping, that there is a very much a powerful activity. And I don't know about you, but whenever I have seen an eagle, and I'm never 100% sure, but I think once or twice I have seen an eagle, you have to look up to see it. (laughs) Um, I know that sounds like an obvious point, but you have to look up to see the eagle. And this is what the whole thrust of this passage is all about. Because so often, what we look up, we don't see the eagle. We look down, we look around us, and even we look up and we miss our Heavenly Father's activity. And these questions in verse 27 are such human questions, aren't they? They're from our experience. I've just paraphrased them. Hope you don't mind. God, why have you lost sight of me? I'm always the victim of injustice. God, why don't you care? So often that is our experience. We feel distant from a heavenly father. We feel like his care and his concern for us on the earth is, uh, is not there. It's not experienced. It's not seen. And we have these questions. And we have a response from God. He is responsive to the needs of his people. He will act. He will move just like he came in and rescued his people from Egypt, from slavery. That is the heart of our father. But the question is, will we look up and see him? Will we look for a father like that? Or will we stay on the earth thinking there is nobody? There is no one like that who cares for me. There's no father. I don't have anyone who will bring about a rescue in my situation. And we have this invitation in verse 31 to rise up ourselves. We may not have much time to touch on that. But if you read Ephesians 2 verse 6, we see that he has raised us up with him to sit us in the heavenly places. So there's actually a whole journey of our Christian life is this journey of discovering a God who is raised up, who is high like the eagle, and who operates and moves and acts to a place where he says, actually, I'm calling now you up to sit in that place and to pray and to live in such a way that is active, that shows my father heart into the world, my order, my ways, where we learn to rely on his strength, his perspective, where we become a people that can carry weight the way that he does so much of that, um, those verses in Isaiah are about exhaustion and tiredness and weariness. And for so many of us, that is the very reality of our lives. You know, so many, even just gathering away, getting away for a weekend can feel really exhausting. You know, trying to organize yourself, trying to organize children, or even just everything goes wrong, you know, little things happen before you go away, and you start to think, oh, it's even exhausting to get away. <laughs> could, life can be very wearying and tired. We can get very tired, particularly in our society at the moment. There's just repeated messages that just make us feel we're so exhausted, we're so tired. And the call comes from our eagle, heavenly father is to look up. We still have a God who does not grow tired and weary, who does not get exhausted. And we know elsewhere, he neither slumbers or sleeps. He is active, he is energetic, he is ready to move. And he's looking for the people who will see him and recognize him and ask him to come and ask for his presence. To be felt and for those of us that carry weight the lord wants to just remind us this morning that he wants to show us how to carry weight our heavenly father shows us how to carry weight (laughs) carry the pressures and the pressures on your life the weights on your life may be different to the person sat next to you some of us we have weights that maybe we think oh everyone can see how heavy and how weighed down i am others of us people may not see The things that we carry are heavy and weighty. It may be a particular person, a particular situation. We are called to look to him who will show us how to carry weight. There is absolutely no one like him who can do it. You know, I I was just sharing with Polly and with Mary that I've come away from a very traumatic situation where uh, my friend is fostering a child and over this weekend she has to hand the child back into a situation which is pretty dangerous and... Um, we've both been feeling, because I'm the kind of support carer for this little three-year-old, we've been feeling the weight of it. (laughs) It is a heavy weight, and this is just one little girl, the heavy weight of her situation, and how do you carry it? And I just was reflecting, even just thinking as I went to sleep last night, Lord, I can't even comprehend how you carry the weight of humanity, how you carry the weight of the children, You know, multiply that around the world. Think about those, you know, the children who are on the streets, the children who are suffering, the children who are doing well. The Lord's carrying the weight. Then right up to the eldest person on the planet. He carries the weight. If we need to know how to carry weight, we need to know how to come to our heavenly father. Because he knows how to do it. He knows how to lift us off the earth. He knows ultimately how to put things in his hands but we can with him learn to carry the weights of our lives. Some of us, we might be carrying the weight of our family, some of us of the nation, of society and culture, of our church, of our home group, of our children. And trying to do it in our own strength is just, it's going to be a downward spiral. Um, trying to move with our own wisdom is going to be a downward spiral. And here there's this invitation to come and share with our heavenly Father who knows how to carry weight but is the eagle that flies in the heavenlies and he can teach us how to do it here on the earth. Who is this Father who wants to share this wisdom with us, who wants to share this strength with us, who wants to share this hope with us? It is our heavenly Father, the creator of this whole universe. You know, we start to realize we're being drawn into a place of real depth, and something very profound when we realize this is the creator. He's drawing us in. And that's why Jesus said, you just haven't even asked him anything yet. Do you realize how much you can ask him? He's the creator. He's the one who can carry the weight. He's the rescuer. Do you realize that's what I'm drawing you into? Jesus says. Into relationship with him. It's like a huge depth picture. When you became a Christian, you probably had no idea. You know, no idea. This is what you're being drawn into. But that's the joy, that's the journey. If we will allow ourselves to look up, that's the journey. If we become earthbound only, we may never realise that's what we were being drawn into. This is the place of revelation. And so I was just reflecting on probably mine and maybe some of you, my favourite story that Jesus told about our father. And it's the story of the prodigal son. And I'm not going to read it because of time, but it's in Luke 15 if you want to remind yourself of that story. But we have this beautiful story and an incredibly rich story of how our father operates in a very tangible, real way. And it's a very real life story because the father is dealing with something that could be seen as a real embarrassment. Because, you know, if you're a parent, everything doesn't go in a very um, uniform way always, does it? You know, you might have had this idea before you had kids of, you know, what it was going to be like to be a parent and uh, what it was going to be, uh, how it was going to work out. I had friends who they had a, um, before they had a child, they had, they, on their fridge, their week was literally planned out mapped out, you know, what they would eat for every meal, you know, how every hour went, you know, and they they had this idea that somehow this child was going to fit into their great map of life and how it was all going to work. And, um, you know, it was pretty horrifying first year when they realized, oh, we might have to adapt everything. Uh, We might have to change everything for this child. Um, And this story we have in Luke 15 is of a child that's not following the plan. But not only that, it's very embarrassing. If you put yourself in a Middle Eastern culture and what fatherhood means there and being a son means there, this is hugely embarrassing situation where the son comes and asks for their inheritance, basically saying, I wish you were dead. Uh, I'm just going to do it my own way. That's what people hearing would have thought. It's horrifying in that culture. Um, and even today, you'd find a similar thing um, that even if under the surface there's all kinds of things happening, it still exists uh, in the Middle East today and many parts of the world. And so we have this son um, wanting their inheritance. And we have a picture of how the father handles humanity. <laughs> Handles people who say, actually, yes, you've given me life. Yes, you've given me this gift, this ability. I'm going to take it and do it, use it all for myself. I don't want any relationship with my father. I'm just going to go and run with it. And then we have this incredible picture, don't we, of how the father handles that experience. Maybe not like some of us might handle it. We'd say, fine, that's great, written off. You go and do your own thing, but don't come back to my door. Um, you know, you want to take your inheritance, you go. But we don't ever get a picture of that. We get a picture of a father waiting, recognizing, "Yep, this is in the human heart. This rebellion." Waiting, looking, expectant. Where's my child? Are they coming back? I'm willing to embrace that child. Where they turn around, that son comes back, and not only just say, "Yes, you can come back in," but don't let anyone know you're back because it's really embarrassing. You know, it's so humiliating. Everyone knows our business. You know, all of that. No. It celebrates, does a par- has a party, puts clothing and rings and says, no, you're my son and rejoices. And we have this picture of distance and closeness, which is so much to do with our choice in our relationship with our father. We can take everything our father ultimately has given us by bringing us into this world and we can do with it whatever we like. We can run from him. He allows it but he's always there wanting to welcome us back. We can come back. And for some of us, you may need to know that today. Maybe you don't know that about your father. Maybe you think he's waiting for you to sort your life out and then he'll have you back. Maybe you don't even know that there is a source to this whole of humanity, to the whole of this world, and it's our heavenly father. Maybe you didn't know that you can return to him and find that purpose and find relationship with him. But no, it's like the eagle when he rescued the Israelites. He wants to bring them back to himself. He's not interested in bringing you into a religious experience or into a religion or into a practice. He's interested in bringing you to himself. He wants to share who he is with you. He really wants relationship, and that is the true parenting heart. It's the true father heart. They want relationship, and that is what he wants. But you know, we also have this picture, don't we, of the older son. Sometimes we like to stop before the older son, because we're not quite sure exactly what to do with that bit of the story. It doesn't fit in the kids' books quite so easily. Um, But here we have this older son that has been in the house the whole time, but is actually really far away from the father. He's actually in the house, but there's no relationship. He's not open. He's not really received what the father has given. And we have this incredibly deep and profound moment. And I just where the father says to the, the older son, Actually, what is the problem that my younger son has come back? All that is mine is yours. All that's mine is yours. That is the father heart. I'm right here. I've been right here all the time and I'm sharing everything with you. Why are you so distant from me? And you know, I was thinking that so powerfully speaks into what our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father can be. If I want to put it this way, we can be in the church. We can be around the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We can be around it, but we can be distant from our Heavenly Father. It's not just those that are away from the church, if you like, that are distant. We can also be distant. But the encouragement is who our Father is. Because to both sons, he's saying, all I am, I'm willing to share with you. Our Father has such an extravagant, generous spirit, He is generosity personified. I don't know the most generous person you know. They are nothing. They're not a patch on our heavenly father. He literally wants to share everything he has got with his children, with you and me. He wants to share it with the one that's going to run off and just waste it. He wants to share everything he is with the son who's in the house, who can taste it and enjoy it and live it and learn it and experience it every moment of every day. He is generous And I want to emphasize it because, again, to go back to what I said at the beginning, for some of us, we may never have experienced a generosity in parenting. And sometimes we don't always realize we're missing out because we never knew that's really what is in the heart of a true parent, a true father. It's not about me. It's about your children. You want to share everything. Whatever I've got, I'll give to you. I'll share with you. I'm not going to hold anything back. That comes from the heart of our Father. He wants to share everything with you. He shared His Son. He shared everything with humanity. wants to bring us back into relationship with Him. So I want to encourage us today that whatever your biological imprint is, whatever you get naturally from your family line, whether it's good, whether it's not so great, whether it's a bit mixed, that does not have to be the only imprint that determines your future it is not predestined that all those things are going to determine who you are because you have a heavenly father who is inviting you to look up to meet him to be in relationship with him and the more you spend time with him who he is gets imprinted into us because it's more profound than anything that comes naturally anyway it's deeper than that and it starts to change us you know i i'll just finish with this and then we're going to respond but um, I was reminded again with the young people of the story of how the revival and moving of God's spirit happened in Wales. And Evan Roberts describes that uh, he was so disturbed about what was happening and, uh, in the church. And this young man was praying and praying at night and um, was woken up between 1 and 4 or 1 and 5 a.m. every morning for about two or three months. And he said, it was like I was brought into a face-to-face relationship with God for those hours. And it happened morning after morning after morning. And someone asked him, you know, so it was a dream, was it? You had a dream? He said, no, it actually happened. (laughs) It was so real, it actually happened. I need to tell you, it actually happened, he said. And he said, but what happened was I was changed I experienced being totally changed. My whole perspective changed. Every all my values changed. Everything I thought changed. What I believed could happen changed. What I knew God was gonna do in the nation, in the church, it all got changed. If you like, God put his DNA into me. He didn't say that, I was saying that. That's that's how I would understand it. Or you can see it, God brought to the surface his DNA in me, and everything else fell away. This is our Father. We are called to a place where we know we are loved, where we are secure, we can trust him, where we are rescued, we can experience that rescue, and we belong. All things that we can experience through knowing our Father, like the eagle. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Lord, you know, I am trying to talk about things in a way that are incredibly profound, and there aren't really words for it. but you've given us some indications in your word and we're so thankful that show us who is our heavenly father and how does he want to relate? What is the invitation? And I thank you for every person here. The invitation is to look up, to start to see you, to start to recognize the father. And for every person here, the invitation is to come, to come to him, whether we are distant, whether we've gone our own way, you are always looking, waiting, wanting to receive us. Whether outwardly we're not distant, but inwardly we are. We're distant from you. We're distant. We're not trusting you. We don't really know you. We're not being changed by, be, by being around your people. We're distant in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, you are the same. You're just saying to us, all that is mine is yours. I'm willing to share it all with you if you want it. Lord, what an invitation. Why would you say that to people like us? Show us, Lord, why you would. Show us your great love. We're just going to listen to a song and just stay in this place. I don't know if it's possible to leave that screen on. If it's not, that's fine. While we just listen to this song. You'll know this song. You don't have to sing it. (laughs) But let's just ask the Lord to show us more of the Father and to come into relationship with him as we listen.
1: fire. hardly think as you call
0: you have a prayer on your heart that you want to just speak to your heavenly father just want to just make room something honest you want to say or prayer you want to pray he's here jesus said that we need to ask our father you can ask anything in his name let's just ask him let's talk to him if you have something you want to pray out speak out let's do that he's here lord we want to confess carrying heavy weights alone without you forgive us lord show us lord how you can how to carry weight lord jesus show us the father you with the things that are at close at hand on the earth for each one of us the things that keep us earthbound lord would you help us to trust you with every situation lord i pray for each one of us it would not be long before we are able and desiring to look up and we feel we can look up and that this is the answer to look up and to see you and we pray that your eagle presence would rest over this church would rest over this part of the uk lord we pray that the church would be filled with the knowledge of god with the experience of your fathering presence Pray for healing and restoration to flood into your church, to liberate people, liberate us, Lord, from our experiences, Lord, where there is deep pain and disappointment and even anger, Lord, that you would just bring your presence and your release, that we might truly say um, that we have a heavenly father and we know it, not just on paper, but in experience, Lord. I pray that you draw us into deeper experience of relationship with our creator, with the heavenly. Father, and that we would have streams of life and truth for our world, for our culture, for people, for families, for individuals, Lord, and that we would not be afraid or anxious, but we would just be able to introduce them to you. Lord, show us more and more of the ways that you want us to make your will known, your presence known, your heart known. Uh, Lord, we thank you. You're drawing us closer. Lord, we want to be willing. We want you to show us anything, Lord, that is taking us away from you. Lord, or we have any low expectations of what it means to be in relationship with you. Lord, just, just deliver us from it all, Lord. We pray that we might have a hunger and thirst for your presence, for relationship with you, and that you would show us, Lord, how that is impacting everything around us, Lord. We want to thank you so much. And we pray, Lord, for more sightings of eagles, (laughs) whether that's in the natural or in the spiritual, more sightings of the Heavenly Father uh, all around us, Lord. We need you, and we want to see you at work, and we put our confidence in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Good, and we all say a big amen to that and a
2: big thank you to Abby.